Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope, a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor to have part two with Carol Lowell. And Carol is here to talk about the power of extreme self-care habits that bring a positive impact to every area of life. Carol is an artist, an author, a life coach, a wife, and mother who lives in North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Carol has written two books, a full-color print book called Soul Food, A 90-Day Journey of Self-Discovery, Building Nourishing Habits, and an e-book entitled Meditative Mandala Making. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Oh, it's Awesome to have you back. I am so thrilled. So in part one, we were talking about um, habits and what habits you believe to be the most impactful and rituals and what you do, what some of your rituals are. And I kind of want to pick up from there. So listeners, um, to fill in all of the blanks, if you haven't heard part one, you probably want to go back and listen to part one so that all of this will tie together and make more sense. So one of the things that I wanted to share with you is because I know growing up, and I'm no longer a teenager, I'm in my 50s, but I always thought that a ritual had to be such a big deal that it would take hours and there's all of these pieces that have to come together and, and it takes a lot of um peripheral things. It's like you can't just sit down and have a ritual. And I loved how you explained it because a ritual is not, it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be this over the top um, event that you do to make something special of what you're doing. Because in fact, how you said it, and I love this, that purposeful practice allows us to be present. My gosh, that is the most beautifully articulated presence that that I have heard. I, I love that. And I just want to pick up and, and take off from here. That's gorgeous. Uh, thanks. And it's true. I mean, it can be very, very simple. Uh, you know, when I do a, a yoga, a sun salutation, just a yoga flow, maybe just a few minutes of running through that series. But when I first stand in my mat and ground my feet, it's like, what is my intention in this moment. That makes my yoga flow now a ritual. I have brought reverence to it. I have brought meaning to it. And I am now in this moment, in this flow, thinking of what my intention is as I go through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, it's, it's so, it sounds like it is, it is so simple and it is so profound. And that is the stuff that at least I've discovered in my life. And many of the people that, um, and many of them that we know in common from Dream Builder, 
coaching or life mastery consultant that would say the same exact thing, that it always seems like it is so very simple, but the profound effects, and then it's a matter of actually doing it because sometimes we think that things that are so simple, uh, you know, if it doesn't take a whole lot of work, if I'm not sweating and struggling, then it probably isn't all that important. Au contraire. And I, I don't think anything in this world is set up to be this big, crazy struggle. I, I think it is set up to be much, much more um, easy. And in that flow energy, and when we can find ourselves in flow energy, how it all comes together and and especially this creativity that we've been talking about and the creativity that you had making these books. And that leads me in to the next question that I have, because in, in your soul food book, you have mandalas all over in there and they are gorgeous. And that's what I wanted to ask you is you drew those yourself because that to me is mind boggling. <laughs> And to me, it was such zen, you know, it, it was such a joy to sit. And that was my nighttime routine was just sitting and, you know, connecting to my creative spirit in this really beautiful way of creating these mandalas all by hand. Like it was just this flow. And, you know, what do I do with all the mandalas? So it was a lovely thing to be able to add them into the book as something to color or add more design to. But what's neat in this book, too, is after 83 days, so it's a 90-day journey, but after 83 days, I figured that you people have been coloring in my mandalas for, you know, weeks. So now's your opportunity. Yeah. So the last week, you get to start making your own. Yeah. And, and so we get to tap into our own creative spirit. And I love that, right? Because we, we are all from the creator and it is so embodied in us. It's innate in us to be creative. And I think that that creativity has just been trained out of us because I can tell you for one, through doing your book, it's like, what? You want me to do this now? And it's the very first place I went to. I'm not an artist. I can't do this. I don't know how to I, I don't know how to do this and my lines are not going to be straight and beautiful. And so I wanted to shut myself down, but decided just to take that step and, and do it. And it's not going to be perfect, but it will be my own creative expression and just do what felt right in that moment. And it is such a beautiful way to tap into our own creativity and who knows what we're going to discover from that. And it's back to that imperfect action, right? I mean, when we do things yeah. by hand, this, that's the beauty of human-made things is they're not going to be perfect. They're not machine-made. They're made lovingly by the hands of humanity. And so the imperfections are what bring it light and life. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Carol, how, how can a daily practice help us deal with trauma and other life challenges? What's your take on that? Well, I think it allows doing these practices that ground us in ourself and ground us in connection to a higher, a higher life force that flows through us, uh, allows us to know we're not alone. No matter what we face, we're never alone. But it also, in, in doing practices that allow us to know ourselves better, our thoughts, our feelings, um, 
meditation and writing and and you know recognizing what we're grateful for even in moments where we are dealing with grief or challenges in our lives it's a it's a practice that can allow us to know ourselves better and to find the gem the 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 pearl within the experience we're having because ultimately no matter what happens in our lives and whatever we face as long as we're still breathing we get to take the opportunity to see this experience for how it can make us better into tomorrow or we could bury ourselves and and lose ourselves and really i mean i it is that term lose ourselves well, what does that mean We've lost our connection to the spirit that is us animated in this human form. So I see these practices as being a way of finding compassion for ourselves and our situation and others. It allows us to have patience to journey, however long this journey might take us. Everybody deals with their grief and sorrow in their own way. Um, but in knowing ourselves better and, and again, that ritual of taking the time, the time out, you know, to really take care of us is part of a process for us being able to show up the best way we can in each of our moments. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And that leads me directly into this next question that um, for me is so profound how this happened to you and how you came through this. And this is all about, I believe it was 10 years ago that um, you started noticing that you had lost some vision, your peripheral vision, and had discovered that you had a medical concern. And through, I mean, everything that you're talking about is, it's foundational to how you came through this. And I would love for you to share this in your own words, if you would be willing to do that for the listeners. Absolutely. So 10 years ago, just a little over, I started to have some peripheral vision loss. And I went through the motions of seeing a, uh, an eye doctor who couldn't see what it was, couldn't understand what it was, who sent me on to another specialist. And in the meantime, I did my Google search and was going through possible reasons why you have peripheral vision loss. And it up comes many things, disease and whatever, including brain tumor. And it was at that moment that, you know, a little spark of fear rises up and it's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow fear of an unknown fuel my todays. I'm going to wait for the proper channels and find out what the diagnosis is. And a few months later, going through seeing different specialists, um, it did come through that I had a brain tumor. And I think the beauty of having had that little spark and the awareness, because really what we're talking about here is awareness work. Um, I had the awareness that fear was rising up, and yet it was something that was an unknown. I didn't know that was what it was going to be. And so I made that very conscious decision to not allow that to be where I was going to put my focus. And so months later, when I went through all the channels and that ended up being the diagnosis, 
I actually was very, I had already surrendered in a sense. So I accepted, okay, I have a brain tumor and now what? And uh, the next step was to have surgery, which again, having these practices, which I've really had for so long that even 10 years ago, my, my response was one of gratitude that this is something that can be dealt with. There are people that want to do it. Like who wants to open up a skull and get to a tumor in a brain? I am so grateful for yeah. the people that do that. I was in a hospital with um, a teaching hospital. So there were many, many students that were part of this whole procedure. And I am grateful for each one of them to have a desire to help others. And I was very accepting of the experience. And it allowed me, I think it, all these habits are really about building faith in ourselves, in our connection to something beyond. And I know my kids were really worried. And I said to them, you know, I am in the perfect place. I am with people that know exactly what they're doing. And they would say, what if something goes wrong? Well, if something goes wrong, I'm in the right place. And yeah. You know, I, I could navigate that with grace and ease, and it really was an experience that further solidified my belief in all these things we're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by this because the thing that keeps running through my head is I would see people being so angry, afraid, and right be behind fear, or behind anger is always fear, but but not in this place of how you said this is just amazing to me that you are you were in the place of gratitude that there's people that even want to do this. Like I am so grateful. I don't even know if that would have crossed my mind that I'm grateful that there's people that want to get in there and see a brain and have studied all of those years to learn how to do that and. While you're going through that, because I don't think, and, and thank God for all of your practices, because I believe that, and, and that's what you had just reiterated, that that is what helped to get you through there, building these, or get through this, and be in such a place of accepting of the experience and going through it with grace and ease, and not being in this place of resistance and fear and anger and, and, and all of the what ifs that would have been negative. So I, it's beautiful, and I, I just applaud you. I, it's, in fact, well, you're the only person I think that I know of. If, if anybody else pops into my head, I'll let you know. But I think you're the only person I know that has had brain surgery. So that's, I mean, besides somebody having a stroke and then having to release pressure. So um, can you tell us how did the surgery go? Was How, how was the, the surgery itself, the prognosis, and then the healing time for you? Uh, it was a seven-hour surgery, and uh, and so by the time I had the surgery done, I by that time I was losing my central vision as well in that one eye. And uh. Uh, when I came out of surgery and woke up, basically came out of the anesthetic, um, the nurse that was on uh, my eye was swollen. They had gone through my eye socket as well, so um, she peeled my very swollen eye to look at me and I'll never forget her incredibly beautiful blue eyes that I saw with such clarity. 
And she said, how's your vision? And I said, I see you perfectly. And I, we both cried. It was instant. Oh. It was instant. Yeah. The pressure, it was a, a tumor that was pressing on the optic nerve. And so by removing the tumor, I then got my vision back. And so it was, yeah, a matter of just healing, healing my, the brain that was, you know, obviously a bit, whatever. It, it, it took a bit of a, a beating, I guess, in a sense for having had surgery. But I mean, it was all something that was repairable. Um, I, I, there's no regrowth or anything. So it, it's, uh, it's totally fine. I'm fine. And I think that my, uh, my mindset, I think our mindset absolutely influences our outcomes. And so I felt like I had this beautiful opportunity for laying low and uh, really connecting with my family and taking, I, I did a real deep dive into art journaling and it was just so much fun. It's like, okay, I'm captive here in this rest and respite and how can I take care of me while I do it? And so I had thought in preparation and had meditations and had aroma, you know, essential oil scent. I mean, I, I thought of all the ways that I could really take care of me as I healed. And I did heal with such grace. So, yeah, it's something that we, we so have control over. And again, it's, it's having practices that allow us, honestly, it allows us to just look through different lenses. You know, we, we're able to see things in a way that is empowering instead of disempowering. Absolutely. And I love that looking through different lenses, <laughs> looking through a different lens when we're talking about this, because the, the optic nerve was getting the pressure from the tumor. <laughs> so literally, yeah. right, seeing it different metaphorically, and then how it was physically what was happening with your body. That's so, that's so interesting. So all of the practices that you had previous made this such a, a beautiful surgery, healing, um, going through this with ease and grace. All, I mean, it, it's so if, if listeners are wondering, like, yeah, does it really pay off to do all of this work instead of just getting up out of bed, you know, jumping into my clothes and going off and doing the thing that I do and thinking the same, same thoughts and, and, you know, driving the same path to work and the same path coming home, does it really make a difference? I think your story alone is is enormous in showing how it does make a difference being in these practices and being able to be present for yourself and to be in that place of knowing that you are connected to what whatever we want to call the source, God or infinite intelligence or spirit, whatever that word is, but that power, because that power resides in us too, and you had said that, I mean, if that that power that is um, breathing us. You may have said it a little bit different, but it's the same thing. It's the, it's the power that animates us. And yeah. that's the power that we're dealing with. And, and when you get to be present with yourself, you're present with that power. And, and it's, I don't want to have to say power again, but it's so empowering to do these practices that you're talking about in, in the Soul Food book, because that's exactly what it does. It builds yeah. those habits and allows you to start nurturing the same exact way. And, and I see it as nurturing a plant 
that has maybe been neglected too much water, not enough water, too much light, not enough light. So for whatever reason, it's, it's kind of struggling, but then we nourish it with love and tenderness and the right kind of light and the right kind of water and, and take good care of it. And that's exactly what your message is, is nourishing that soul with these practices that you have. And, yeah. and so that leads me into this question in, in, in asking you is what, so somebody, I, I would say, um, you know, maybe the average person who gets a diagnosis of a brain tumor may be so afraid and, you know, instantly runs to that place of fear and, you know, everything that comes rushing in with that. So I would ask you, in what ways can you share with us the ways that we can help move beyond the stories that hold us back that, you know, oh my God, I have this brain tumor and I may not be okay. And, and, you know, I've done research and the chances of this going wrong or that going wrong. And, you know, and even how your family said, you know, what if, what if something goes wrong? Because most people aren't going to say, great, I'm in the best place for it to go wrong. I'm in the best <laughs> hands. Like we say, I know. But that's the know. truth of it, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And we go into the place we don't want to be. So, so in what ways can we help move beyond the stories that hold us back? Well, the very first thing is awareness, right? There, we so often we don't even know the stories we're telling ourselves, and right. so taking those times to connect to yourself and listening, really listening in, and finding out what are the stories that we are telling, and are they true? You know, are they empowering or are they constricting? And if they are, you know what's the truth behind it and what might be the, the pearl within it. And then surrendering to that greater power to know that we're held, we're held and we are not alone in this journey. And sometimes if we turn outward and, and be of service to somebody else so that it's not so much always looking inward and, and holding on to a story that's not of service, but instead reaching out and being of service to somebody else to share our gifts, ourselves, even be vulnerable and share our fears. Um, you know, especially with those that hold us in such love that helps us to know we are not alone physically either. We've got our people, but also we've got this, this great divine energy and that the, the practices allow us to keep faith, not only in that, but in ourselves. And we can, we can navigate. Our life's short. We don't know how much time we have. So let's live it well. And everything is made up by each moment. So if we choose to live our moments well, we'll end up having a great day and, and a great year and a great life. And whenever our time comes to an end, we'll, we can say we've lived well. I think that's the beautiful gift we can give ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Uh, beautifully said. So beautifully said. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Carol, I have to tell you this time just it is amazing because it just cruises by and all of a sudden it is. I keep doing the Carol Burnett. Um, it seems we just got started. And before you know it, it's time for us to say goodbye. So I'm going to start wrapping this up. But I want I want you to be able to share with the listeners, because I know there will be questions and I, I you had 
so much information. And I know for me, I will have to go back and listen to this a few times to be able to absorb all of it. But, but as I introduced you in your bio, you're also a coach. And I don't know, are you working with clients right now? Or is that something that, you know, right now I'm doing all the work that I'm doing and I'm not taking on new coaching clients. Like my book is available. The ebook with the mandalas is available. And, and just so I'm clear, the, the uh, soul food book also has mandalas in it. But then there's another ebook that's all about mandalas. Um, yeah, it's a short little book. On, yeah. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. and that's an ebook. So are you taking on coaching clients right now? I am not, but I am working towards creating a creative process, um, an online class and perhaps even retreats where I would love to play with that spirit, that creative spirit that wants to come forth. And so I'm envisioning a program that can really tap into that using the wonderful coaching skills that you and I and many others have gathered because of being in Mary's program, the the dream builder and the life mastery. So using those wonderful skills and helping to help others. Absolutely. And when that creative process has come to fruition, I will be more than happy to help share the word because you are a phenomenal woman and um, you are a gift to this world and people need to be exposed to more of your beautiful work. So again, if you could share with us, I know we did on part one, but we're on part two. Could you share with us where it is people can get your book or the ebook? Okay, so Amazon.com in the States, Amazon.ca in Canada for both books. Um, I see that Amazon has put a price on my book. I was giving it away for free, so you could try some other uh, sites I think there's connection in my website that shows you that. Um, basically, it's a book to learn how to make mandalas yourself. And it's it's a small little book, but it's just a fun way to learn how to do how I did my mandalas. And if you, on my website, which is kindredspiritstudio.com, um, there's an opportunity where you can sign up for a newsletter. And so as my programs come available, um, you'll be part of that if you're on my newsletter list. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And all of that information will be in the show notes. So listeners, if you don't have an opportunity to write this down, no problem. It will all be available to you. And the easiest way to connect with you, Carol, is how? Uh, You can go on to Facebook, Kindred Spirit Studio, or Instagram and direct message me, or on my website, again, kindredspiritstudio.com. You can email me through that as well. Um, Yeah. Okay, perfect. And you have a beautiful website. I was was going through there, and you have mandalas on there and beautiful artwork and, and it's very gorgeous. It's a, you have a beautiful feel. You get to know you. So uh, thank you. Um, Carol, yeah, it's great. It's a great place to be. I could hang out there for a while. It was awesome. So I want to thank you for sharing your beautiful gift with us and your insights with us and being on this show and sharing um, your journey with having um, a brain tumor and how all of these beautiful practices helped you to move through that journey in such a healthy 
mental, physical, emotional, spiritual way, um, and that you were able to do it with um, ease and grace. And I applaud you, and I'm grateful you were here. Thank you so very much for your time. Well, thank you so much, Neda, for this opportunity, and thanks to all your listeners for hanging in. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. All right, listeners, and again, all of the information about Carol will be found in the show notes, so no worries with that. And to all of you, I wish you a wonderful and blessed rest of your day and a beautiful, blessed week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.